wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined today with the cutest ones. We have Jazz and Dan, the hosts of the Millennial Movie Club podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank Hello. you so much for having us. Oh, of so course. good to be here. I think we are both in agreement that Dan's the cute one. Well, that's <laughs> not. Oh, I love your guys' podcast partnership. Donnie and I like fight to the death and have been doing this for literally a year now and haven't come to that consensus. So love that for you. <laughs> well, then the podcast will be over, right? I mean, you know oh, who the cute true. one is. Yeah. That's right. true. True, true, true. <laughs> so Chelchella is officially here. It is my birthday today. Oh. And also tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of our podcast. So what better way to celebrate all of those things than throwing it back to a Mary-Kate Nashley movie, Passport to Paris? Mm, Happy birthday and congratulations, by the way. That's amazing. Thank you. So, Donnie, I have a bone to pick with you, if I'm being honest. If we can just like make it very (laughs) awkward for Jazz and Dan at the top of this episode. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) So, you know, last week, kind of rightfully, you tore apart one of my favorite films, The Hot Chick. Mm -hmm. But this week, I really felt like I was in a safe space. We were moving back to our roots. We were covering an (laughs) MK&A movie. The aggressively unhappy (laughs) text messages I received from one Donnie Hadfield-Smith as we watched this film was deeply troubling to my spirit. I was miserable watching this movie. (laughs) I checked how much time was left about 62 times. Me too. And every time I checked, there was only like a minute had passed. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Thank God there were three montages in this movie because when we got a montage, I would skip ahead past Well, them. it was the same song in every <laughs> single montage. That's true. Well, thank you. I didn't even know that because I skipped ahead. There you go. So you didn't miss much. But yeah, and then Donnie reached out to me to let me know how miserable he was. So he set the bar super low. You're just talking shit to our guests, too, behind my back on my birthday, the high holy holiday. My God. Well, I think it is probably ultimately a good thing that we did transition away from being a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast, which was the purpose of this platform when we began. Well, when I was a little kid, I watched the mysteries and their like birthday party things, but I had never watched any of their movies about them like traveling the world and stuff. So every time you and I try, I just hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much. (laughs) What's nice is like, so we have a running joke on our podcast that like usually Dan never hates anything about any of the movies we do like and if you listen back almost every episode starts with him being like yeah i watched it again and this movie just rocks they're all great (laughs) last week we did twilight which Mm. he hated and so now this is the first movie that we're doing together where we both hated it so this is like a whole new world for us wow welcome well i don't want to yeah i mean 
I wouldn't say I I liked it, but I don't want to try. You know, we'll, we'll look for the good parts about it. You know, I'm sure there's great <laughs> parts about it. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so Dan is the cute one. You are the only one welcome back. Would you like to be my co-host, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> Little swapsy. We're swingers and podcasters. <laughs> like mom talk. Yeah, don't tell TikTok. <laughs> Actually, maybe we should. We could go viral. Please ask. I've been trying. What a great birthday present that would be. Pod swingers. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, this was a good reminder of why we did transition away from Mary Kate Nashley. Bless our hearts in 2021. We really thought the world needed a Mary Kate Nashley <laughs> podcast that covered, like, you know, their mystery adventures and such. But yes. you live, you learn. And speaking of, I'm going to be slightly vague on purpose, but there are going to be some changes coming up on this podcast. We'll probably talk about it more over on the Patreon, but at some point starting later this month, our vintage MK&A content will be available over there, which honestly, like some of them are, most of them are like my favorite episodes we've done just because we were so unhinged in the beginning. Like if you think that we are unhinged now, we have honed our craft over this past year. Like if you go back and listen to our first couple episodes, first of all, I swear we were recording like from a potato, but also just like no filter whatsoever. So you guys can go over to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for all of that. And then also over there, you can listen or watch the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows. So like we said last week, there's usually a good chunk of lost footage over there. So you'll also get the experience of watching me be horrified by the things Donnie says in real time. So again, patreon.com slash I am the cute one. Love it. That's a good idea. <laughs> it's good that you guys are so refined now because we are still <laughs> fresh out the gate. This was episode 10. So we're bringing some real unhinged energy back to y'all <laughs> yeah. tonight. It's Perfect. unrefined. Yeah, yeah, for our anniversary special. That's yeah, right. Well, um, Passing the torch. That's very yeah. sweet of you. This is the first time we've ever been called refined. So I'm just going to add that to our resume. Thank you. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into this film. So this movie came out on November 9th. 1999. It was a Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> Just a casual Tuesday. Yeah, I love straight to VHS releases because it adds a little, <laughs> little mystery a little to it. Yeah. <laughs> a little element <laughs> a little of surprise. Yeah. Smooth by Santana was number one on the music so charts. Good. And mm. if you were born on this day, your billionth second will happen sometime on July 18th, 2031. Thank God we know that. What an awesome fact. Love that. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Once again, the position for co-host is available. I'm buying for it. My eyes roll to the back of my head every time Dan gives Chelsea a compliment. (laughs) I will be like the cuck of this episode. (laughs) So it's been a while since I've been able to ask the following sequence of questions. So Jazz and Dan, number one, can you tell the Olsen twins apart? And number two, would you consider yourself to be spiritually a Mary-Kate or an Ashley? I literally just said this on one of our episodes. We do a fun fact at the beginning of all of our episodes. And my fun fact, like two episodes ago was I've always identified as more of a Mary-Kate than an Ashley. And Dan was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, so (laughs) that continues to be true for me because I think the first answer gives the second answer. I don't know if I could tell the difference. So I don't know if I can, I know which one I am. Okay. 
I would say you're giving Ashley vibes. Just okay, ah! I'll take it. Okay, I'm an Ashley, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, and once again, part of the reason we transitioned from being a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast, there are so many good ones out there, and Donnie and I cannot tell the twins apart. Now, we do heavily identify <laughs> I am a Mary-Kate, Donnie is an Ashley, but in true chaotic Olsen spirit, we started a podcast by not being able to tell the twins apart. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> there are Olsen twin podcasts that, like, bring out people that interviewed them and they're like why did you ask these questions and it's almost like a true crime podcast like this is the decline you can see when they started to really be miserable and see when their hair fell out and this and then me and chelsea were like now this one (laughs) this one whatever twin that is she models on out in a duck costume (laughs) mary kate ashley one of them now we do have to give a shout out to amity our friend and she's been on the podcast before of the gimme pizza podcast because if you are tuning in and you're really hoping for heavy MKNA content, just go over there because she is our chaos queen too, but she knows what the fuck she's talking about. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Donnie, I know that you hated this movie, but do you have any background trivia or tidbits for us today? A little bit. I mean, IMDb barely had anything, but I scraped the bottom of the barrel for you guys. Happy birthday, Chelsea. Thank you. So it was directed by Alan Metter, who also directed billboard dad i should have known he also directed the growing pains movie girls just want to have fun starring uh sarah jessica parker and five olivia newton john music videos oh you couldn't have gotten a cameo (laughs) spice up the movie a little you should have got her instead of that french bitch (laughs) yeah yeah that's her name And then it was written by the writing team of Elizabeth Kruger and Craig Shapiro, who, should have known as well, also wrote three episodes of The New Charmed. So I really should have just stayed away when I looked at the writing and directing (laughs) credits, but I dove in and here we are. And now for some trivia. Uh, There was really only two bits of trivia on IMDb, so I brought both of them. This was Mary-Kate and Ashley's first on-screen kiss. Everything up until now had just been, you know, them solving mysteries and having parties. But this is the first time they got a little boy crazy. And it was the first of seven direct-to-video films produced by Tapestry Films starring the Olsen twins. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was watching an interview with them right before this podcast, and they were saying how was the first on-screen kiss, and I was thinking... How could that be possible? But I guess they were 12, you know, but you already think that they're just in so many things before this that it's just in happenstance. Yes. Things get (laughs) wild and crazy in France. You're in France. When you're 12 years old, you could drive a moped throughout the street and no one (laughs) really cares. The the legal age. I looked this up because I was very disturbed by that. All these children driving. You're calling us refined. You've done research. That's more than we can ever say. Please continue. (laughs) Being nerdy is different than being refined. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dig deep. Uh, So the legal age to drive a moped in France is 14 years old. Wow. What's the legal drinking age? Because they sure (laughs) did have wine. They spit a lot of wine. Honestly, that was the most unrealistic part of this movie for me is that like a 12-year-old would deny a glass of wine. I mean, 12-year-old me would literally never. (laughs) Well, you are the Mary Kate though. Wow. I would have said no. You're <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. yeah, thank you. My pinky's up. So I know on your podcast, you have a segment where you read reviews of the movies you cover. Did you bring any with you? 
I sure did. I imagine this masterpiece was well-received by both critics and the general public. (laughs) How could it not be? You know, in all fairness, there was a solid mix. There were some people that were like, this is one of my favorites. I've watched it a million times. Or like, we're expats and we show these movies to our kids to like to show them how cool it is to travel and like learn about new places. Um, But of course, for the most part. Uh, well, I didn't bring any of those reviews. <laughs> uh, brought a couple of the more entertaining ones. Right. So the first one reads, this movie, if you can even call it that, is a messy, awful disaster of a film. The characters are annoying and the effects and CG are pure garbage. They probably used up all their budget flying to France. <laughs> Plus when it shows them landing on the map, they're landing somewhere in Africa <laughs> instead of being called passport to Paris. It should have been called passport to the Walmart bargain bin. <laughs> really harsh. Yeah. Don't read the username on that. It'll say real Donnie. <laughs> right. And the next one, I, oh, I feel this one deep in my heart. It reads, I watched this in French class. It was the week before spring break. And my teacher said she would have us watch a French film. I was hoping for something along the lines of Les Miserables. But instead, we got this. May God have mercy on the people who thought this was good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the last one is just a good case for birth control. Oh wow. That's what my husband said about Chelsea's kids before. <laughs> True story. On this podcast, actually. Wow. Go back to our 13 going on 30 episode. <laughs> so moving on from, from that, what character of this film, if any, do you guys identify as? I would say I identify strongly as the mom mm. because she was the only character in this I took seriously out of the whole, like she was the only person who looked around and was like, oh, our kids are in deep trouble. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to be okay. I think I am Francois just because he's like a bumbling idiot. Yeah. I mean, I just, he's a an affable nitwit (laughs) yeah i identified heavily with the chef who eats mcdonald's one single time and like makes it his entire personality (laughs) that's me accurate and i'm those two american boys that were supposed to go to the dance with them um because i also cannot tell twins apart and if you have a French vacation on the night of the spring fling. That's on you, baby. Like I'm, I can bring a cheerleader if I want. <laughs> on vacation, I don't need to feel bad about it because you're too busy, Emily, in Parising. Right. <laughs> Until halfway through the movie, I thought they were Lapita Nyongoing us, and I thought the American boys were also playing the French boys. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God, face blind. It's contagious. Based on the terrible accent work of the two French boys, I could have believed that they were American. I was looking at the cast. There is not one French person. I mean, there's somebody who's from England. Brigitte is from Italy. That's as close as we get. But like everyone else, I mean, one of the guys, uh, I think it was Ethan Peck is Gregory Peck's grandson. Yeah, I don't know why they just didn't get someone who was French. They're all like caricatures of French people. It really was the prerequisite to Emily in Paris, honestly. (laughs) I think there was some studying of the script, if you know what I'm saying. It walked so Emily in Paris could run. In heels. (laughs) So before we dive deep into this absolute masterpiece, I do want to ask 
ask you guys, if you could recap this movie in one minute or less, you can do it together, apart, however you see fit, one minute on the clock, take it away. What are we going to do with the other 45 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, let's go sentence by sentence. Sentence by sentence. Okay. Okay. You want to start? Yes. Mary-Kate and Ashley are regular 12-year-olds in high school obsessed with boys and shopping. And by regular, you mean vapid and horrible. And they get an unsuspecting and terrible surprise that their parents bought them a trip to Paris for spring break. They go to Paris and meet up with their grandpa who works at the American embassy. Their grandpa does not give a shit about them. So they find some boys <laughs> to hang out with and get their his awful assistant somehow hooked up with a supermodel. Yeah, through a bunch of hijinks, somehow they end up in jail and their grandpa is really pissed. The grandpa finally realizes he hasn't been paying any attention to his granddaughters. And so he decides to turn over a new leaf and take a ride in a limo. Mary-Kate and Ashley <laughs> then influence the geopolitics of Paris through an impassioned speech and they change the water management system in Paris. They finally go home to America and they act like those obnoxious people that did a study abroad program. The end. <laughs> well done, Jazz. Great. Well done. <sighs> Teamwork makes a dream work. I'm like sweating a little bit. <laughs> now that we replay it, I like this movie. It's really good. <laughs> this movie rocks. I'll just listen to you two recap it on repeat instead of watching it. <laughs> yeah, there's no montages. <laughs> So this movie opens at the center of the world, Northwood Junior High, where we meet Mel and Allie, who are both rocking this podcast's personal favorite hairstyle, (laughs) the half-pipe bob, where Tony Mm. Hawk could just zoop right off the side. (laughs) 100%. Once again, I am horrified by the lack of funding public education receives, because instead of learning math, science, geography, their seventh grade curriculum consists of snoozing and cruising, gossiping, (laughs) and passing notes to each other. No, but I think that's just them. I think the school does just fine with the classes that they offer. I think that these two (laughs) bitches just choose to pass notes instead. But I understand because I, sorry about myself, get ready. I was taught passing a note in seventh grade. My best friend was Dorothy for Halloween. And I don't know if this was pre-Halloween or post-Halloween, but I decided to write her a note that's was just the lyrics to the lollipop guild song. <laughs> and I passed that and the teacher could, no first actually not the teacher this bitch in front of me said uh Donnie's passing notes and my face turned <gasps> what a <red>. narc <laughs> yeah, it might have been a narc actually <laughs> I turned so red and then the teacher made me read it out loud and <laughs> like what do I say to that it's just Wizard of Oz lyrics like you just outed me to the whole class <laughs> truly in more ways than one no I think just one. (laughs) Every time you tell a story, I don't know where it's going and I never could predict it. Like when you began that tale, I did not think it would end with lollipop guild lyrics. Meanwhile, when I got caught passing notes, it was because my mom found a note in my backpack where I was admitting to giving blowjobs and I got grounded. Oh, no. So, you know, potato, potato. Yeah, that's practically the same thing. A lot of lollipops. (laughs) It's the same lollipop guild, but just slightly different. Maybe you can answer because I don't know if I've ever passed a note in my life. How do people know where the final destination of the note I was thinking is. that. So you have to learn how to fold it like a little tiny football, mm-hmm. and then you write two 
Dan from sure. Chelsea. So mm-hmm. that way they know. But I mean, it really is you are imparting in a circle of trust that you yeah. are assuming that the people who are carrying this note are going to not just open it and know all of your deepest, darkest blowjob secrets, you know? Right. right. Or your like social security number or something like that. <laughs> or the lyrics to the lollipop kill. <laughs> right. All three very important things. Second information. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So Mel and Allie spend their time engaging in casual psychological worm warfare with their peers and obsessing (laughs) over Shane and Kyle, the most popular boys in the school. And after scarfing down their dinners, the obsessed Olsons rush off to call their friends. And I have to just say, our streak of having terrible parents in every (laughs) single Olsen adventure continues because despite the fact that their parents, like, rightfully pretend to be horrified about how much time these girls spend on the phone gabbing with their gals. The question must be asked, who bought these girls the telemarketer headsets that they wear? Like there seems to be some mixed messages in this household is all I'm saying. Very mixed messages. I was also like, oh, I was reminded like, oh my God, they're fighting over the landline. Like, oh, I'm going to call this person before you. But I was like, but you're now you're both talking on the phone. 
on your headsets? Did they have more than one <laughs> landline? The parents are enabling this behavior. A hundred percent. I didn't even think they were on the phone when they first came out in these things. I truly, <laughs> like, I thought they were on their way to, like, their shift at Burger King. And then, <laughs> and then they were just talking. And I was like, oh, my God, that's their telephone. I couldn't tell whether it was supposed to be cool or not. Like, if you saw it at the <laughs> right. time, was it cool or was it like weird and like a telemarketer like you said or a boy band member right. yeah. yeah so despite the fact that mel and ally are earning straight a's their parents are worried that the girls are too focused on boys phone calls and mall trips so mom ships them off to paris during spring break so they can't go to the spring fling dance with boys that can't even tell them apart. (laughs) These ungrateful brats literally act like a trip to Paris is a death sentence. Oh, yeah. We get that super creative shot where they're both like, no, and then we zoom into (laughs) one of their mouths and exit out the other one's mouth. I like that. (laughs) It's funny. It's like a human centipede kind of (laughs) shot. I'm an uncultured bitch. So I watch these tiny tweens like bitching about a trip out of the country. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Has anybody here ever been to Paris? I have. Would you consider this movie to be like a fair representation of a trip there? Well, my grandfather is not the ambassador. So (laughs) my experience was slightly different. I went when I was 16. And I will say, probably because I had such false expectations from this movie, I was expecting the place to be crawling with delicious French mm. peen, essentially. <laughs> and I did not see one hot dude in oh. Paris, oh. which was like shocking to me. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, that was super disappointing as a 16 year old. Well, Jez, as someone who's been to Paris, is the Louvre really like that where the, the paintings just fly all around your head and stuff like that? I've never been, so I'm guessing that it the is. The whole thing is animated. It's just a 3D ride. <laughs> it's like the Muppets. Yeah. I haven't seen CGI quite like that ever. No, since we recapped Scooby-Doo, honestly. Oh, nice. All right. No, it was fine. There was that one scene. That was like a bad screensaver. It was like. It was terrible. There was a video game that I got for every checks box you got. You got a video game and I used to play it all the time. And it looked like that. (laughs) My hunch is that like they truly had no budget for this movie for a couple reasons. One, they used one song in the entire (laughs) film. Two, it seemed like they were not allowed to go indoors anywhere to film. Mm -hmm. Like whether it was that scene or like another museum or just shopping. They're like, we have to take every product outside of the store to do a montage. And so I was like, they clearly were not getting like licensing or paying for permitting for anything. Which is just a missed opportunity for, you know, whatever the Louvre is. They could have got some great publicity, you know, maybe some people would go there. (laughs) So we learned that this trip is made possible because their grandfather is the ambassador to France. And we quickly learned that these girls hate their dear Pop Pop's guts because after a very casual diss in which one of the twins compares him to the iceberg that sank the Titanic, <laughs> like that shit is brutal. Yeah. They don their finest leather jacket and hit the road or rather the sky. <laughs> you know, these little bitches flew first class. 100%. 1000%. Oh, yeah. But yes. they couldn't get the filming rights to show. <laughs> they couldn't shoot anything inside the plane. <laughs> Uh, so we just had that map footage. And then just like <laughs> awkward voiceover over this terrible animation of a plane flying being like the flight was long, but we slept and then we woke <laughs> up. And, then, I'm like, That's, and then when they show us them taking their little 
taxi ride to the grandfather's house, the first thing these girls say, Ashley says it, I'm sure, is look how cute that boy is. Like, we didn't even look at actual, like, French things yet. We're looking at the dick first. (laughs) This whole scene, too, is so reminiscent of that era where we all had the camera. Mm -hmm. And, like, any time we did anything, we took a a thousand blurry pictures of buildings. And then, as opposed to, like, now you go on a trip to Paris and you're like, I just need one selfie. Like, one good picture of myself in front of something. And my mom has always been ahead of the curve. She's ahead of her time because I would take vacations and come back and show her. And she's like, I don't want to see buildings and plants. Where are the photos of you in it? And my mom is like very Roseanne adjacent. So I was always like, can you please be more cultured? But like, she was just ahead of her time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's like taking a picture of the Eiffel Tower with a, a shitty throwaway camera. It's like, well, good thing you have this because there's no way anyone has ever taken this picture before that <laughs> right. you can see anyway. I do have to say, though, justice for the disposable camera because I've started working mm. the disposable camera back into my mm-hmm. life. Number one, it just makes you be more present. Like if I'm going to have a party weekend or like a bachelorette trip, I bring it and it's so much fun because it's like you're intentional about the pictures you take but also like facetune who photoshop what because Mm -hmm. the blur effect from a disposable camera because it's just shitty like 10 out of 10 recommend life hack wait where do you get them developed yeah, I go, I pick up my ADHD medication, drop off the disposable <laughs> yes. camera, one-stop shop, you know? Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah. So the gals get a stiff forehead kiss from Papap and meet all of his house staff via just like a casually horrific montage of French stereotypes. <laughs> now, I did give them a hard time for their sick burn about their grandfather when they, again, compared him to an iceberg. <laughs> but it was here that I learned that he really is the fucking worst because he, he says that he is far too busy to spend any literally any time with his granddaughters. And instead, he will be shipping two prepubescent preteens off in a foreign country with his personal assistant. Uh, this is a question, I think, that maybe an overall question I, I have for everybody. <laughs> what do you think would make this movie better? Like, what would make it a better Jim, movie? I'm going to answer you a fucking plot. <laughs> there it is. Okay, first of all, just like better writers, better characters. Everyone in this movie is a caricature. Like, introducing the whole house staff, it's like the opening scene in Beauty and the Beast. Where everyone's like, bonjour, I am the bigger. <laughs> like, he, even the grandpa is just like such a, like, I am the grandfather. Like, he, he has like a weird fake voice. And then even the girls, like, it's just, we talk about this a lot where when it's so clearly like adults writing dialogue for kids, when they clearly yeah. don't understand how kids talk and the whole movie, they're just like, come on, you guys, we are teenagers. Right. <laughs> just well, like- the, I think all the notes I have for this movie are all those amazing little lines. There's one gross out candy. Cool. You guys were all right. All right. <laughs> really good all right. stuff. A lot of that. Hello, fellow teens. Yes, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, It is quickly very apparent that these girls are not fitting in. They were in Paris for 10 minutes and are already in trouble. They spend their time dancing to loud music, drawing mustaches on their faces for Mm -mm. some reason, sticking their faces against car windows, jumping on the embassy beds, and refusing to eat any of the food that is served to them, which, okay, like the rest of that behavior is 
absolutely obnoxious, but the food one, I honestly kind of vibe with. Like, I understand that (laughs) Americans are the worst and we are all self-centered, egomaniac idiots, but I do, I truly do hate trying new things. Is anybody here, like, are you guys adventurous eaters or are you basic like me? I ate nothing in France. I'll tell you, when I went to France, I ate nothing but like a Nutella crepe and bread. Mm. It was, it it weirded me out. I mean, I was a child, but still. (laughs) Yeah, we're we suck, and they're like we're in the most beautiful city in the world, but let's ruin this bedroom putting up our Usher posters that were here for a week. <laughs> the weird thing about this this scene, I was like, are any of these dishes accurate? They're like, oh, this is pate, and it's just like a block of orange. It's like I'm pretty sure I've had pate. I don't know if that's what that better is. than that. <laughs> but so, whatever, they don't want one. We anything needed to do with an this. escargot joke within the first ten right. minutes of the movie, and we got it. We got it. He, he got <laughs> like. Got shot right in the face with those slugs. <laughs> really deaf. Yeah. <laughs> but to answer your question, I am an adventurous eater. I whenever I go on a cruise, which is only twice, but I gain like 10 pounds because I have escargot, two servings of it with every single meal because you know it's unlimited. You know. So I'm like, give me more of those snails. <laughs> Did not know that. Well that's just common knowledge. Free snails with every meal. Carnival cruise. Carnival cruise sponsor us. We're looking for sponsors. All the snails <laughs> yeah. you could eat. Yeah. And then I can be a sponsor for plus size clothing too for the second half of my cruise <laughs> like, I had to go off a size the carnival cruise diet but then also when Ashley Darby from Real Housewives of Potomac when her restaurant was open Oz I would go there and I don't even live near the DMV but I would like take trips to visit people just so I could go to Oz <laughs> and, then, and then I would eat like their kangaroo sliders their emu sliders oh. adventurous eater Okay. Oh, so you're wow. kind of just like focusing on like, it, would you do an endangered animal? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're a vegan who sometimes uh, eats meat. Yeah. And then it gives me diarrhea for a week, but it's worth it. Honey. Give me the veal. <laughs> Hashtag adventurous eater. He's like, the food's not that out there, but when I eat it, adventures happen in my body. <laughs> it's out there. It's an episode of the magic school oh bus. <laughs> you just go in and there's like, 75 snails you're like what the fuck is all this? i knew i should have stayed home today this guy going to a carnival cruise Jesus. go to carnivalcruise.com use code cute one so we've talked about the louvre tour i'd love to spend at least like 120 more seconds on this take it away dan i just i know we don't want to dwell on it because it's it's got to be so well-worn territory but it took me by surprise like <laughs> The minute I saw it, I was like, maybe it's like a, a mistake or something. Because at first, it would be fine if, if like it began with the fantasy, like Harry Potter paintings. But at the beginning, I feel like the animators were like, well, maybe we should try to make this actually look like the Louvre, which is way worse. And it's just so disorienting and silly. Like, I would just rather have them not go in at all. I agree. The one thing I'll say is that when I told my husband I was going to watch this movie, he was like, hard pass. And then (laughs) this scene started and I was in our living room screaming, no! No! And then he came in and watched the rest of the movie with me. (laughs) Wow. 
Chelsea yeah. and I share a Google Doc so that we're on the same page with our notes and stuff. At this point, I was just writing in full like hieroglyphics. Like I was like, <laughs> W-T-F-L-O-L, help, help. help. <laughs> it was crazy. You evolved to like windings in your hatred of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to really, to really hammer that point home. In Disney World, there's this virtual reality thing. And when I first went to Disney World, I thought it was groundbreaking, but it was like very much this. And I was like, oh my God. And then six years ago, I got married in Disney World and I told my husband, I was like, we have to go. You're going to love it. You love video games. It's so cool. (laughs) And everything was exactly like this Louvre thing. In Disney, is it Disney Quest? Yes. That place smells like a diaper. And it closed for good reason. (laughs) That smell and it looked like this. And then after five minutes, he's like, we got to get out of here. I was like, who paid extra for this? So after the green screen tour from hell, the girls meet a supermodel in a cowboy hat and are also quickly swept off their feet by two French boys on mopeds. They may have no idea what these foreign fuckboys are saying, but all it takes is two flowers and the deal is sealed. Now, I know that this is a Mary-Kate Nashley movie, but this is also exactly how the movie Taken started. I was thinking the exact same thing. I just got goosebumps. Oh my. <laughs> I'm glad that you referenced our Google Doc, Donnie, because that was just planting the seeds. Because I would now like to read word for word one of Donnie's comments from our Google Doc about this segment. It says, <clears throat> all caps, bold letters, Chelsea, comma, I can't understand what the French boys are saying, so I don't really know what to put in the outline because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I had to watch this movie only understanding half of it because anytime the French boys spoke, they might as well have been speaking Simlash because it was like, ooh, it's banana. Like, I don't know what's happening. It's like, Godiva notes plat. Now, it did take me back, though, because I have a lot of family that lives in Quebec and, like, primarily speaks or only speaks French. Like, I had a cousin that I would spend, like, weeks of the summer with where neither of us spoke any lick of the other language but like somehow we may do like kids are fucking weird that way like we would mm-hmm. be like straight up playing and neither of us spoke the other language so i guess maybe yeah, that's, that's what the beautiful. olsen twins were doing there at least one of them that was ashley's whole approach like yeah. she was obviously linked up with the one who spoke zero english and could yeah. not give fewer fucks <laughs> and the other guys like oh you see this painting it's all about it yeah. like he spoke really great english they were having really kind of deep conversations and then like gusto and ratatouille yeah. <laughs> So I'm less concerned about the English skills of these half-pint heartbreakers and more concerned about their clear anger management issues, which is just not discussed or talked about. Like, these girls are straight up impressed when the one in the blazer, like, berates an unsuspecting waiter, only to then leave before their food is served, which honestly, like, that is for the best because that chicken was about to have sauce on the side spit on the dish. Oh, without a doubt. 100%. Mm-hmm. But that did really bug me when they just left. It was like, you did this whole rigmarole to get the sauce on the side. You <laughs> insulted this guy and called him a baboon's ass or something, and then you just left? <laughs> My so thought rude. of how what they were trying to do there was like, oh, if you're going to try and compete with the French, like you need to step up to their level oh, of like snooty and oh. rudeness so that they take oh. you seriously. Like if you're nice about it, they'll be like, no. But if you yell at I them see. in public, they'll be like, yes, monsieur. Oui, oui. Oh. And that's what happened. 
I mean, I don't condone this, but that was the logic I found. Like. Yeah, and Jazz was the only one that's been in Paris, so she knows. That's a good that. point. Yeah. yeah, that's where I learned how to be a huge bitch. Was- <laughs> so come for the recap, stay for the tips and tricks. If you are going to France, make sure you berate every single waiter for the best service. Yes. <laughs> yes, I just realized we never asked you if we could curse on this podcast. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, you're good. Okay, great. <laughs> Anywho, it's montage time, and the girls go sightseeing, and with the rage monsters as their tour guides, the girls finally appreciate French food and art. Lovely. Yeah, when she said, before this, I couldn't tell the difference between the Mona Lisa and Lisa Simpson. <laughs> I was like, right. oh, okay, how topical. Which, by the way, did you, last week, did you hear what happened to the Mona Lisa? Somebody threw a cake on <laughs> Insane. it. But they went undercover first. You're wearing a they wig? Went, no, more than a wig. They came in a wheelchair. A yeah. wheelchair and a wig and had cake hidden under like their lap where they were sitting down. And then when they wheeled up to the Mona Lisa, they stood up and threw cake at it. <laughs> oh. Wild. What was the like, message? For what reason? Did they have I don't a message? Know. Was it like a let them eat cake type of thing? Oh, I think it was maybe. one of those things where it's like, you need to be kind of a jerk to get the right service. So you throw a cake on the Mona Lisa. (laughs) They were like, sauce on the side, motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, You got us. Come right this way, sir, to the VIP. We don't like it, but we respect you. (laughs) So the girls arrive just in time to blackmail their chaperone, Jeremy, and show off their newfound knowledge at dinner with Grampy. But... Things do go smoother the following day. They hack their schedule, connect Jeremy and their newfound supermodel friend, and meet up with Jean and Michelle, who pass all of their tests and prove that they, mm-hmm. unlike me and Donnie, can tell the twins apart. There was also like another scene where they teach the chef, who I think was based off of the cook from The Little Mermaid, about fast <laughs> food. But alas, I've already told my McDonald's story on this podcast, so... I have to say, I think that might be my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> I don't care how like corny and obvious it is when he bites into that hamburger and he likes it. It's like when Squidward eats the Krabby Patty (laughs) and he can't help but love the Krabby Patty. Like, you like McDonald's, don't you? (laughs) It's so like classic Americans too to just be like our shitty fast food rivals like French cuisine. But I don't care if you're a French chef. You've had McDonald's. Yeah. Everyone's had McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. God bless. They even had... No, that was Burger King. Excuse me. Burger King had the seasonal French chicken sandwich. So so I know they were inspired by it. Well, I'm a loyalist. (laughs) McDonald's bags are the only bags for me. Hashtag sponsor us, McDonald's. Again, looking for sponsorships. So speaking of McDonald's commercials, this exchange with the chef does lead to another McDonald's commercial where a grown man takes two middle school children out for milkshakes and vents about his career. But Mm. honestly, like he kind of reaps what he sows because these girls deliver a seminar on business where (laughs) they say that he needs to stand out to their grandfather by having a big mouth, just like the time they wanted to see a PG-13 movie. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you're going to talk to two young girls about your career, the Olsen twins are the ones to do it. Must I remind you that I did my paper and presentation in senior year of high school about an entrepreneur about the Olsen twins. Did I get laughed off the stage? Yes. But, but I also got an A. 
There you go. <laughs> I have to say this scene reminded me a lot of it, it happens a few times in Home Alone. But like when Kevin is talking to the like adult who's having problems and he like relates it back to some like seemingly little kid problem that's a lot more simple, but yeah. it like perfectly lines up. Um, I think they did it a little bit better in Home Alone, but like, <laughs> still, I get the sentiment. I've seen this theme a lot lately where like grownups are kind of like spilling their guts about their like serious personal problems to the kids in the movies. You were saying, Dan, like I would never go to a 12 year old with like my <laughs> life's problems, right? Like, nor would I in Jared in sorry, J-man's position, bring out two young girls to get milkshakes in the middle of the night. Like that's just <laughs> again taken yes right <laughs> so many opportunities this is a horror movie this is taken too yeah <laughs> so love is in the air because jeremy goes out with the model where he crosses his arms admits he's a vanilla type of guy and incessantly talks about his ex all the markings of a great date in my opinion meanwhile the girls are going on an iconic date of their own after trespassing on private property with the boys their night ends in the back of a police car after taking the PG-13 movie advice to heart, Jeremy does stick up for these girls to granddaddy and quits his job because the girls gave him the courage to do so. And like, I love this journey for him, but is this the hill to die on? It's nice <laughs> seeing their relationship come full circle with him. And, but, and they are also, you know, they also give really stage advice. You know, it's kind of hard not to trust them at this point. Like they do seem very mature for their age. Like, Probably one of my favorite lines in this movie when they're up on the roof, Mary Kate, she tells this story like when I was nine, we went to Disney World and I thought it was the best day of my life. How could it ever get any better? <laughs> and then that I was like, you're 13. Like, <laughs> thought you were never going to have a better day in your life. <laughs> well, the key is to set the bar low because then right. you're just hopping right over every day. But no, this is not the hill to die on. These girls are only here for like three more days. Right. Like, who gives a fuck how he treats them? He's not beating them and like hiding them like, in a closet. Like, clearly, his grandfather is committed to hating his grandchildren. Maybe just like back him and maybe you'll get that promotion. Right. Yeah. It's hard to move that iceberg. I mean, what are you going to do? Is this the iceberg you want to die on? <laughs> right. That's it. Grandpa, dead ahead. Yeah. Like, just let it happen. <laughs> Grandpa, dead ahead. So, Pop forbids the girls from seeing the boys again. Before apologizing the next morning and giving them dresses for some important dinner and telling them how he proposed to their grandmother after knowing her for three weeks. Cool, cool, cool. Can we circle back to how these two delinquents got past embassy guards? Like, why are all of the adults co-signing this? I am deeply concerned. These boys are criminals. Yeah. yeah, they're like, you got past the Marines? And they were like, they were very nice guys. Like, <laughs> what did you do to them? Yeah, what does that mean? Like, so, yeah, no, they're dead. <laughs> like, this isn't a joke. They could get murdered. Like. <laughs> they're like, well, Liam Neeson showed up and things kind right. of escalated yeah, from there. <laughs> so the girls go to this fancy state dinner where the pretentious French people and the humble, down-to-earth Americans bond over hamburgers and clean water. Oh, my God. This killed me. The chef brings out a tray, clearly hamburgers, so much to the point where there are a bunch of American flags stuck in the top. Yeah. And the guy's like, hamburgers. And they're like, no, actually, it's buff Melanie or Melanie's beef. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, 
why are we trying to pull a fast maybe one? Like take out the flags though if we're yeah. gonna great because at burger king when they had the french sandwiches oh, they put little go. french flags <laughs> but they get away with it and he somehow thinks it's like a a huge success yeah it's like a dry hamburger there's like nothing yeah. on no. it very dry looking bun and he's like oh culinary masterpiece like he just <laughs> loves it which this is really gross i do apologize but if there's any like doctors listening to the show this week my um number two has been smelling like mcdonald's lettuce and i don't know <laughs> why e coli i don't know and like this was not a week i did adventurous eating and ate meat like i've been vegan this week if i could ask a question please don't or maybe yeah. just pose something I didn't know McDonald's lettuce smelled like anything. Well, now we're all going to know. <laughs> I've got to do oh some research. <laughs> Donnie, you just committed a hate crime. You know. During Pride. Yeah. You know that McDonald's hamburgers are like, I am the chef from this movie. Like, they're one of my favorite foods. And this has ruined it. Right? No, that's not true. The next McDonald's hamburger I bite into, I'm going to be thinking of your number fucking twos. Yeah. Now, you know how I feel when I think about McDonald's? Your number twos. She <laughs> <laughs> literally told us a story about, and this is a different episode, you can go back and listen, how she shat in a McDonald's bag. Before. I was pregnant and I was <laughs> doing my best on you. <laughs> we all shat in worse places. I well, hear at least I you. shat in my toilet. It just smells like McDonald's lettuce. Well, I'm pulling for you, buddy. I mean, thank you. Anyway, you're a doctor and you know what's going on. DM. God. WebMD, we're looking for sponsors. (laughs) McDonald's is clearly out now. Yeah, McDonald's pulled their sponsors. Use code the cute one at (laughs) BetterHelp. Do you need therapy after you listen to this podcast? (laughs) And so, after successfully dipping their toe into foreign politics, pun intended, Jeremy, aka the J Man, is rehired and subsequently promoted, and the girls go hang out with the guys at some concert. A happy ending for all. Can we talk a little bit about the budding romance between Jeremy and that woman? Is it believable in any real way? You mean Brigitte, the global supermodel who's also about to get her PhD in foreign policy? (laughs) This woman, and this is going to be a very, very niche reference, but there is a podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Are you guys familiar? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. He wrote this character. This is Belinda Blinks. <laughs> she is like this international supermodel who is also like super interested in all of this man's yes. super boring shit and also probably a spy. It is such softcore porn of him being like, oh, <laughs> rambling about water treatment. And she's like, no, no, go she's on. She's like, I love water. I'm wet right now. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? At least, like, I understand he bonded with the girls, but he was paid. Like it was his literal job to hang out with them yes. during this yeah. week. This bitch is crazy. She <laughs> skips her job to hang out with these two 12 year old She's girls. definitely a spy then, right? Because she's like one step closer to the ambassador. <gasps> and oh. she had this water bill pass. Whoa. So Dan, remember when you asked what would make the movie good? Any of that. That's <laughs> it. Any of that. That's the one. <laughs> Basically like a Carmen San Diego kind of like time yes. to assassinate the ambassador. Well, she has the house. Oh, in my remake, when we cast that, when we get there she is going to be hired to assassinate him but then she falls in love with jeremy so then she has to decide Mm. final final thoughts let's get there 
Who would we cast, if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? So, Donnie, you continue because I'm enthralled. Okay. I only casted the two girls and Brigitte, so I'll tell you that first. So I made it Elle and Dakota Fanning because they also don't need to be 12. And then I made Brigitte Tyra just because. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's great. (laughs) Really good. Thank you. So as for plot, we can like stick closely with the plot. I don't know why Ellen Dakota would need to be <laughs> watched by an assistant because they're like both over 21 but we can figure that out later. <laughs> so Tyra's hired to assassinate the grandfather but then she falls in love with Jeremy and then has a moral dilemma of whether she's going to go through with what she was hired to do or choose love. So I guess Tyra's the main character <laughs> and the, and the right. sisters are just like love a that. C-plot. Okay, I want Timothy Chalamet playing <gasps> one of the French boys who they fall in love with. Love that. Yeah. That's gotta happen. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet is the one who speaks English. Channing Tatum is the one who doesn't speak English. That'll work. Love That'll that. work great. And they are playing the American voice too. <laughs> yes, with that's, just different that's hair. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which is commentary on the fact that they are still boy crazy and have learned nothing and that it yes. doesn't matter what Good continent call. they're on, they are still the same vapid, shallow yeah. bitches. Yeah. I'll get one more. I think Paul Giamatti is Francois. Ooh, okay. Ooh, nice. And then I think my plot twist is that the grandfather dies and you realize that they're going to inherit everything, including being U.S. ambassador <laughs> through some weird French loophole. And they need to really ramp up their knowledge of France. And then it's like, to be continued. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. So picture this. We're present day. Mary-Kate and Ashley are reviving their roles. So they are going through bitter divorces. And Mm. these two disillusioned twins visit their sister, Elizabeth, who is now the ambassador to France, which tracks because, you know, nepotism. And Uh there they reconnect with their childhood crushes and get caught up in a diamond heist because in a surprise twist to no one, those two boys are criminals. <laughs> that would crush. That would That's crush. Good. Very yeah. good. Ooh, so final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? So nothing aged well for me. I truly hated it. <laughs> Except the fashion. I just love early 2000, late 90s fashion, even though like it didn't age well. And if you dress like this, you do look like an asshole. But, <laughs> but like it brings me joy. Yes. As far as what aged poorly, definitely the CGI and the lack of a plot. There are so many Olsen twin things that like, I was getting hate DMs when I said I didn't like this movie. People were like, no, this movie defined me. I was like, well, get a better dictionary. My, my, my. (laughs) To quote Michael Scott, how the turntables. They were like, this movie is great. What the fuck are you talking about? I was like, well, it's not. I think so much of Mary-Kate and Ashley stuff relies on nostalgia so like it can make you feel warm and fuzzy and stuff if you watched it when you were 12 right as a 36 year old man watching for the first (laughs) time you just realize how low your life is (laughs) like why am i watching this alone to talk about for an hour and a half (laughs) i'm what aged poorly talkspace.com slash i am the cute one okay love that great i would agree with most of that i would say like the hairstyles throughout this whole thing were just so good just deliciously 90s 
you know, that Y2K style, so much bandana usage without question, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like, it's like in the details of like how we're going to tell them apart. And there's always like some kitschy shit. Yeah. I think that the thing that held up for me was I'm just such a sucker for the part where the grandpa realizes he's an asshole and then he he starts loving them. And then you're like, oh, they get a grandpa now and they didn't really have one before. I just love it. And honestly, for the things that didn't hold up, I can't pick just one. Maybe I mean, like (laughs) there's one part at the end that really bugged me and it's a continuity error. And it's uh, they're at the, the concert and the boys are playing guitar. They stop playing guitar. The music continues take off their things. Then it, it moves to America and Ashley Olsen. They're in the background, still playing guitar. Then they, they take off their guitars again. The music continues to play. And then they pan to a saxophonist playing when there's no saxophone in the song. <laughs> it's their band's concert. And right. they walk off the stage in the middle of a song. And then they are slow dancing. And there's like two guys left on stage, a saxophone player and a bass player. And then they're like, I'll email you twice a day. Yes. Amazing. Love. Yeah. Uh, I think... You know, all those things. But what did age well is McDonald's is still great, despite, so you true. know, the lettuce smelling like Donnie's poos. <laughs> so <laughs> on that note, thank you guys so much for being here oh, for our yes. anniversary show, for my birthday show. You guys are welcome back. Literally anytime. I feel like we've met our like twins in chaos. Yeah. yeah. Our kindred spirits. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Oh my god. It was fun. such a great time and it yeah, really. Thank you really so thankful. much for having us. No, this is such this a treat. So you guys are fun. this is a blast. Yeah. And it's so nice to be like, oh, we do the same podcast, but we love each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is an instinct backstreet boys. You guys can love all of us and listen to all yes, the podcasts. Right. Yeah. So tell everybody where they can listen to your show. Totally. So our podcast is called Millennial Movie Club. We do all the nostalgia just slightly differently than this podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can find us on social media on tiktok and instagram at millennial movie club wonderful anything else to add crushed it no that's it (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much for being here next week we will be covering legally blonde chalchella 2022 continues there is official chalchella merch over at iamthecuteone.com please go and buy it do all the things. There's a whole lineup of all of my missteps and <laughs> misspoken things. Um, just go over that. You'll see. You'll see. I'll link it in the stories. And yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.